Hey there, my name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and of course share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. Hey, hey, thank you so much for watching, listening to YouTube, our podcast, however you're acquiring, absorbing this. Thank you so much for your time. Love to have you subscribe. And uh, we're going to continue our conversation um, in relation to, hey, God, can we talk? And I have one of my all-time favorite people, Leif Hetland, with me today. Leif, thank you again and again for hanging out. Oh, it is my joy, my honor, just to see your face in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> and share a little bit of coffee, right? We both have kind of the coffee love going. So that's nice. Mm. Mm-hmm, totally good. So, hey, Leif, um, just as a quick little background, not everybody in our audience is kind of familiar with you. Could you give us just a little thumbnail bio? And then let's talk a little bit about um, conversations that forever change us. Yes. Uh, first of all, my name is Leif Hetland, and I'm from the country of Norway. Uh, I, uh, when I was about 12 years old, I ended up as a prodigal son because of some pain in my life. Uh, so the next five years ended up in addiction. Uh, at the age of 18, I was about 99 pounds heavy, uh, suicidal drug addict, got gloriously saved. And then uh, the problem was I went from rebellion to religion. And then for a long period of time, I went out there serving God because after everything Jesus has done for me, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do everything for him. And went to a journey where I had a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that was in 1995 when Randy Clark prayed for me. And my life was changed. But the problem was I was still an orphan on the inside and operated with an orphan spirit with power, dynamites, because my value, again, is what I do instead of who I am. And in year 2000, I had a baptism of love that changed me. So anyway, I became a son, a beloved son, and uh, and it changed me, and it's been changing my marriage, and uh, I've been happily married for over 32 years. We have four grown children, a, a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. So just been very, very blessed. But my journey, as I'm saying, going from being an orphan, even in regard to having conversations to God, to get a genuine relationship with God, uh, everything changed in year 2000 in regard to how I was seeing scriptures, how I was seeing myself, how I was seeing the world. And especially a lot of my work is in the Muslim world and in the darkest places in the world. So I spent a lot of my time. I actually just came from the Middle East in the middle of all this COVID and again got to see that love is greater than fear and that light always penetrates darkness. So that's kind of a little bit of my journey and my story. Love it. I totally love it. And I love always love time just connecting with you, whether we're on camera or off. I just, and I love your journey and I love the honesty of your journey because I think it helps other people say, Hey, what about my journey? And, and some of the quagmires and (laughs) some of the pitfalls that we experience along the way, I, I think it's important to be honest and, and to grow in that. So thank you for, for, for being honest and doing that journey. Hmm. Appreciate you, Leif. Thank you. Lots and lots. Um, in this, we're doing our last chapter today, and this is on conversations that forever change us. Um, and so when you, when you look through this chapter, you know, we talked in it, we talked about the Samaritan woman at the well, John chapter four. Do you, what, what are some things that kind of stood out to you? No, I, I, I just also watched The Chosen. I hope that many of the people, and, and I think that the, you're kind of getting even a little bit different feel when you recognize and 
the, the conversation Jesus had with a woman at the well. And I think that to, to some degree, the way that Jesus is asking good questions, there's some of the way that he was just relating and connecting to her on a very, very deep level. And I didn't see much condemnation or anything else in his conversation. Uh, the genuine love that he had towards this woman, he didn't treat her based upon her history, but her destiny. And I think that was just one thing that stood out to me, that when he saw her, he saw something different than most other people saw. And that helped her to see herself the way that he saw her eventually through that transformation. So mm -hmm. that, that, that challenged me a little bit again. Do I, when I look at somebody, what do I see? Do I see them based upon their history or their destiny? Mm -hmm. And then to be able to treat people or prophesy over people. So, and then to be able to see then eventually how she became contagious as a result of it and how it just that, her conversation now that came as a result of the conversations you had with Jesus and that started to change and of course in the movie with this you started to see from her father but you're realizing all these other lives that is being affected when he went into the deep root area and that's what Jesus was touching the root area in her life and so many times I think we're going after bad fruit instead of dealing with the root mm -hmm. and I felt that that's even the conversation how quickly Jesus was able to get into the root of her heart issue. And when he was uprooting that out of that, there was different fruit that came out of her life. Mm. So, uh, so I think it was just a very beautiful, uh, it helps me now because it's so fresh watching <laughs> chosen and watching the Jesus there and just fall in love again with that to Jesus that you're seeing that just the approach is kind of a visual and I'm a visual person. So it was very helpful for me now when I'm reading this chapter, as well as then seeing having having a video to watch mm -hmm. this being played out in front of us mm -hmm. i think too it's interesting with this woman i mean she has filters in place right i mean she leads and jesus initiates a conversation right can i i want to drink a water mm -hmm. um, but her she has these filters um and i think everybody watching listening today we all have our own filters her filters were cultural filters i think probably um gender right you yeah. a, a jewish man me a samaritan woman you know ethnic filters and so do you have any ideas or suggestions on some of those filters or or do you have any that you've experienced in your own life filters in those that would affect your conversations with jesus yeah no doubt about it and i think that the lenses how we see things or even our ear gates what we are hearing and so uh, I mean, as I'm saying, I'm spending a lot of time in the Middle East, and there's two different ways I can see it. I can see Islam as a problem or a promise. And the way I view, as an example, an Isaac compared to an Ishmael, I know it's a little bit different from this story, but it is still connected to the same lenses. So for me, when I'm looking at Ishmael, was rejected by his father. And as a result, so he had his father wounds, father deficiency. So the whole rejection aspect that he had. So the same with this woman here, when I'm realizing, as I'm saying, that uh, her journey that had led up to it, culture, Samaritan with a Jew, as you're saying, that filter. And it's the same for me if that's sometimes the black-white situation we see here. For yeah. me, it was from the Catholic Protestant. I learned that quickly when I came to Ireland. The filter, when I suddenly was with Catholic, I couldn't even say London Derry. I had to say I'm in Derry now. And oh. so I learned that. Or in South Africa in 94, when I was there, the black-white situation, or the Kosovo Albanians and the Serbs. I had to learn to understanding that in one moment I'm talking to a Serb, the next one is a Kosovo Albanian, a Muslim. And I learned it in Selma, Alabama in 1985. And I could just go through my journey of learning to understanding that 
the glasses that people have on and deception is very deceiving. I think to all of us thinks we have 2020 vision and I have actually these reading glasses on. I would also spend so much time on Zoom, but I wanted to den deny that I needed reading glasses for a long period of time because, uh, and, but instead I was holding the Bible this far away. <laughs> deception is very deceiving. So I think that until we look into the eyes of Jesus, we will not have 2020 vision. First of mm -hmm. all, the lenses. We do not know if we have tunnel vision or colorblindness or what do we actually, and that's taken right. from culture and upbringing. So looking at this woman from the way she was brought up and we often thinking about, wow, uh, the, the situation, we think she is the dirty, but what about these five or these other husbands or whoever, right. these men in her life? So we have the, the way we are seeing it. And even in a Middle Eastern culture, they could have been the one because they can issue a divorce without any reason. So she has been rejected again and again. So the conversation can change just by changing your lenses and how you're seeing it. And we do not know that we have Christological, or I call it S-O-N glasses, sun glasses, mm -hmm. until we see people the way Jesus sees people. And the only way I believe we can do that is first of all, to looking into his eyes and getting his perspective. And it has to be both the holiness and the love that you see in his eyes goes together with it. And that's what I see constantly because he comes to make us whole. So when I start to love the way he loves, and that's kind of the safety guard for me when I'm looking at people with the eyes of love, because God is love. And that's what I see with the eyes of Jesus. And yes, you speak of the truth in love. And yes, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, a one-sided. So, so I think that that's part of those. I've, I've, I've been aware and I continue to deal with, I have to stop for a moment on a regular basis. Like during this COVID-19, as an example, there was a couple of times the Holy Spirit says, Leif, why are you prejudiced against people that are prejudiced? Hmm. Or you are right. judging, you're judging people that are judging. Yeah. So you do not realize that even in the middle of it, you feel like you're so pure and until you see him. And that's kind of a, the Isaiah 6. Mm -hmm. it, it, something has to die in your life in the year King Isaiah died. That's when I saw him. But then I see myself. And mm -hmm. then I get the proper perspective of me. When I see me the way that he sees me, then it's not for condemnation. It's for conviction. So I can take off my glasses, put on his, then looking at that Samaritan woman and see her the way that he sees her, thinking mm -hmm. about her the way he thinks, feel what he feels, and then starts to say what he says. Mm -hmm. And I like also Jesus to see some of that. What is sympathy compared to empathy in that story? Uh, and the way he is coaching, using questions, listening and coaching as part right. of it. That was another thing I thought was very interesting in that journey. Yeah, yeah, because it was very much a conversation. I mean, back and forth, and uh, and she didn't really know who she was talking with. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> wow! Which I think is really powerful. Not until the end of the conversation does she have this. Does Jesus reveal Himself to her? Mm. Um, and so I think sometimes that's really important too. It's like you know. I don't think we have to lead sometimes in our conversations with this heavy duty religious stuff. We could just lead with, Hey, something practical. Like I'd like a glass of water. Or, hey, mm -hmm. like a cup of coffee, you know, <laughs> some of that just human relational connection, just conversational. The other thing, Leif, just a quick thing. Um, what did you think about the, uh, the whole conversation started with time, intentional time, how to yeah. use time instead of being, frustrated with time yeah i i, I really and i love the, the small little uh, how you can even break the day down with these 
a couple of minutes because mm -hmm. often we think I'm, I, I remember very clearly the, the Larry Lee book that came out back in the days and says, could you not carry with me one hour? And I'm trying to do that one hour of <laughs> prayer and following the Lord's prayer. And so, so I'm sensing this, this and I've tried. And then I, the secret to the church growth in Korea was they spent three hours in prayer in the morning and it didn't right. take me a week for trying some of those models. Yeah. So, but when I became a son of Papa God and entering into, the, it was something different. I think what you have done very beautifully is just starting, calling also maybe some baby steps, but just starting throughout the day that this is not so much, okay, I'm going to talk to you now mm -hmm. this morning and then forget about you the rest of the day. Right. And then, so moving it into a relational element, it's not what I do, it is who I am. And even the Lord's prayer starts with our father. And that starts totally relational. It's my papa, it is your papa, it is our father. Now, you have a reverence because you know who he is and you know who you are. We honor your name. So even that conversational piece of, those, those time spots. So for me, it is much more of an awareness. I talked to him in the car on the way here. I talked about him, about you before I start here. And when I'm finished here, I, I will talk to him again. So it is more, if we just can starting to learn to be intentional and also learning to listen. I, I had a, I have to share one quick because I was in a morning season, as you know, losing my spiritual father after 21 yeah. years. Yeah moment and, and, and God could see that I was struggling and I had some conversation that honestly was unhealthy in a sense I was I think to some degree struggle with both shame fear and guilt and mm -hmm. the enemy was coming in and saying hey you didn't have the power to save your father and, mm -hmm. and I felt powerless and so, so I was there when he died and it was just very hard for me and then the father just came in in, the, in our conversation when I finally listened and it was just this two minute but it changed me and he said uh, son I've always been faithful to you and I am unimpressed by your successes and your failures. I simply love you because you are my son. Yeah. And just a simple little thing when I listened and heard what the father said, yeah. I am unimpressed by your successes and failures. I simply love you because you're my son. At yeah. that moment, the dove came back, the presence came back, still mourning, circumstances the same shame fear guilt left and now faith hope and love filled up and i'm back in chair one using our language so anyway just a little two minute conversation yeah. that had two weeks i had been unhealthy with i could have gone to therapy because of i just came from the middle east i was worn out had some health issue and then the yeah. death of my father I mean, just, but simple little thing and listen to the father's voice it changes everything so yeah. if we could just tune into <laughs> listening take a moment and listen to what papa has to say but i said papa what do you have to say about this yeah i found the same thing um last week i was wrestling with some stuff just some internal struggles in my own heart and my own soul and i was walking into i was going to get my hair done right cut and color because i need to dye my hair frequently and uh, as i'm walking across the parking lot i hear holy spirit say to me it's going to be okay um and uh you know it's not like that long like you just said just a short you know i'm not impressed with your successes or your failures just i love you you're my son and just those those sometimes those short words and then i don't know do you feel like for me i feel like that stuff echoes yeah like you kept you keep hearing it over yeah. and over and over and over yeah i had i had another one just now connected because i ended up with surgery 
during this COVID with rotator cuff, biceps, and just went yeah. through a very rough time. And again, was another one of those short things. Finally, after I spent, God, you promised I was going to get healed. And this prophet said, and that prophet, and this and that. And suddenly Papa just comes in. You seem a little upset, son. I said, yeah, I am upset. This was after my surgery and I had so much pain. And he said, why are you upset? I don't do second class healings. Uh, and then I was like, what do you mean, Papa? And he said, well, son, if I allow the surgeon that has been skilled to bring healing to you, the only reason I didn't happen when somebody prayed for you or prophesied over you is because I have something better. Yeah. And everything changed from a period. And now I'm looking for the better, that God uses all things out for good for those who love him. That means both the good, bad, and the ugly, or the mm -hmm. surgery. But something just, just a little conversation with God, my whole perspective changed. And the next eight months of doing physical therapy, the people that I met, all of the things I got to do, but something opened up where I ended up in 12 Muslim countries to help him to solve the COVID issue that couldn't have happened if I hadn't had a surgery. Yeah. And it was one 30 second conversation that God gave back. So if you do those two minutes, Stop for a few moments. God can handle that. You're honest with him. So I, I'm honest with him when I'm struggling and I'm not going to. And that's one I think I think he liked about David too. I love David. He, yeah. he reminds me about myself sometimes that up and down. And one more, God, why have <laughs> And it's that, 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 that kind of a conversation he has mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. And I love it. And I think those little blips where you just, man, it feels like you suddenly you just get some, <laughs> <gasps> it's like wind, breath in your lungs. It helps so much, right? Yeah. So Leif, thank you again for watching or helping. And, and everybody who's watching or listening, thank you for subscribing. Grab your copy of Hey God, Can We Talk? Super, super helpful. We're all honest conversations with God. Um, about what's happening in your daily life, in your real life. Uh, Leif, thank you again for connecting. I totally love your guts. We have to get you back out here again soon. Yes. Give Jennifer, my love. <laughs> yeah, I, I will do that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for all your time. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.